God, thank you for this chance just to, again, just to meet, to just talk about friends and the importance of choosing our friends wisely, God, and what it, what it means to be a good friend and what it means to, to look for uh, good friends. God, may we just um, uh, focus on you tonight and just to uh, examine your word and just apply these, these teachings to our lives, God. In my pray. Amen. I threw you off with only one song. I don't even feel bad about it. All right, so we are on week six of asking for a friend. Have you ever done something stupid because of the people you're hanging out with? Yes. Yeah, anybody? Yeah? I don't need to know. I don't want to get you guys in trouble. But, uh, we, you know, we've all done some pretty stupid stuff. We know a lot of their influence... Uh, to influence our actions and stuff, right? The truth of the matter is that the people that we hang out with, they have a, a great deal of influence over you and I. So the group that we choose to spend our time with will greatly influence our actions and our words and, and even our thoughts. So it makes sense that we need to be careful when we choose the group of people that we're going to affiliate ourselves with, right? It also makes sense that God would care immensely uh, who we choose to be friends with, and to whom we give influence in our lives. So tonight, the question, the main question for tonight is, does God care who my friends are? That's the main question for tonight. So again, if you've been here, you know, we usually ask and answer other questions to kind of answer this one question. So the first, first one is, do the friends that we have really make that big of a difference? If you have the Bible app, these are, it's, these are in your notes, in the Bible app, you guys can see there. And in case you guys weren't aware, at the very bottom of the Bible app for this lesson, or every lesson, there's always, I, I put in a Bible reading plan. It's usually like a five-day devotional for you guys to do and kind of just reaffirm some of the things that we've done in here. And so, you know, the, the reading plan for this week is about choosing your friends wisely. So do the friends we have really make that big of a difference? When people ask if God cares about our friends, they're really asking if our friendships really make that big of a difference. But there are three truths, I think, that become clear from Scripture. There's a lot of Scripture tonight from, from, and, you know, and from our life experiences. The first thing is that bad company corrupts good character. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Or bad company corrupts good character, depending on what translation you're reading. When, when someone who loves the Lord chooses their crowd, their friends, poorly, uh, they may be headed down that path of destruction. And the, the truth is that this process happens typically over, over a long period of time. I've been in ministry for long enough to know when I have a student who's pretty close to God, and they start spending a lot of time with people who aren't the best influence, they don't just turn a switch and become more like their friends in, in one day. It's usually a slow, dramatic build-up to, to this kind of a transition. This corruption happens in small decisions uh, to do the wrong thing, and it eventually leads to larger sins. Galatians 5.9 says a little leaven leavens the whole lump, or a little yeast makes the dough rise. You guys ever made bread before? Anybody ever made bread or made something that had yeast before? You put a little bit of yeast inside of a piece of dough, it's going to, what does it do? You let it sit out, cover with the towel, what happens? It rises, it gets big. So just, I mean, and it doesn't take a whole lot of the, the yeast 
to make it bigger. And so that's what it's saying. Just a little bit of leaven, a little bit of, of bad changes the whole thing. And then 1 Corinthians 15, 11, But now I'm writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he is guilty of sexual morality or greed or is an idolater, reviler, drunkard, or swindler, not even to eat with such a one. They're just, Paul's telling us, you know, we need to make sure that we surround ourselves with good people and to not associate with those kind of people and, just, and make sure that our friends that we have are, are the ones who are going to lead us where we need to go. So we have bad company corrupts good character, but then you also have that good company encourages good character, right? That's the opposite of what we just looked at. So Christians who spend time with those who encourage your spirit to walk become stronger. Proverbs 27, 17 says, Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. Ecclesiastes 4, 12, And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him, a threefold cord is not quickly broken. It's a saying, as one person, it's hard to stand up against things, but if you have a group of friends that believe the same way you do, it's easier to overcome those things. And then Hebrews 3.13, But exhort one another every day as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. That verse is telling us you encourage each other to follow and to pursue a godly lifestyle. Ask your friends when you see them at school that you know are Christians, ask them, hey, you know, how are you in Jesus today? What is Jesus teaching you? You know, encourage each other. Because we are called to be in a Christian community as help, to help one another through this life together. Uh, this past Sunday, we started a, whole, a series on Sunday morning over this concept, this idea of community and having that community, right? So we looked at this past week. This Sunday, we're going to finish up our D-Now on Sunday morning. So the next three weeks on Sunday mornings, we'll be over this, this idea of community and how it's important that we have these people in our lives to, to focus and build our lives around. And so the way this happens is that we, it happens in an accountability of relationships where you have somebody that you can talk to, you can pray with, that's going to ask you hard questions and ask you straight up, you know, hey, how's, if you, you know, if you confess or say, hey, I'm struggling with this sin, they're going to come back to you and ask you how you're doing and they're going to hold you accountable to what you've shared. This happens through mentoring, right? And having someone pour into your life, someone who's more mature in their faith, pouring into you. And it happens in authentic community where you have people like this, when you have the small group this, in Sunday morning, small groups on Wednesday nights, this weekend with your small group in D-Now. That kind of Christian community, community can be built in those kind of things. And the third one is good company can change bad behavior. Because you interact with people every day that need to know the joy of relationship with Christ. That's the whole point of this whole one life. That you have people that you know who need the same kind of hope and joy that you have because of what Christ has done in your life. Right? And so you have a chance to, to help show them who Christ is and what He's done in your life. Because Matthew 5, 14 through 16, you've probably heard this before. Oh, I skipped up ahead. So you guys can be a life changer. You guys know what a, a thermostat is? What's a thermostat? So it's that little box over there. It sets the temperature of the room. And then what does the thermometer do? It measures the temperature. It, it measures the temperature. So do you want to be the thermostat, the one that changes everybody for the better, or do you want to be the thermometer, the one who is changed by outside forces? That's kind of what this is. That's, that's what we're, I'm calling you to be. That's what this, this kind of means in Matthew 5. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp 
and put under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. I think it's hard for us to kind of understand this verse because we have electricity, right? I mean, how often are we ever just in complete, total darkness, unless, like, except for like the moon outside? Not terribly often, right? We have electricity, we have things, our smartphones are always in our faces that light our faces up, right? And so we don't, you know, here they didn't, in case you guys didn't know this, they didn't have electricity back then. They would, so in order to see what they were doing, they would light a candle, put it up high, and one candle can light a pretty large space. It's pretty amazing. Um, I actually taught this, that verse in a room where we could black out all the windows. We turned the lights off and lit one candle, and it was pretty amazing what you could see. Like, it's kind of hard to do that in this room. Um, but maybe try it sometime. If you have, if you have a, a room in your house that's pretty dark, just light a candle and just be amazed at how, how much you can actually see. So, you know, so this telling, Jesus, this, Jesus is telling them that, you know, you don't light this candle and put it under a basket. You, you know, your, your city set up on the hill where everybody can see it. Everybody can be drawn to it. You ever been outside when it's nighttime, especially in the summer, and you're by, like, the back porch light or a front porch light? trying to get in your house and there's like 800 bugs trying to get in with you anybody ever walk through all those bugs that's pretty disgusting if you're at a football game make if you go to the fields of faith next week you can still have the lights on look at those lights you're going to see bugs flying around that's kind of what we're trying to do you know we want people to to be like a moth to a flame we want people to see what we have who we are what christ has done in us to have people be drawn to him that's what this verse is meaning in 1 Peter 2, keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. So that verse is talking about live your life in such a good manner, such a way that even people who don't believe in who God is, they may try to, to say things about who you are and your character, but all they can do is see who you really are and know that what they're saying is, is false so that they can see your good, your good deeds and how you're living for Christ. And so we have a chance to be that light. We have a chance to show people who Jesus is in our lives. But then you have another question. Are, you know, aren't we supposed to be friends with non-Christians? You're right. Christians are called to be the light of the world. So, of course, we're supposed to have non-Christian friends. And this is one of the hardest balances, I think, to find as a Christian. How do we maintain our, our heaviest influencers as Christians while also giving ourselves opportunities to win the lost, right? So we want to make sure that we have that balance of you're surrounding yourself with people who believe the same way you do. Make sure you have people who don't know Jesus that you can show them Jesus. So it's a, it's a weird and delicate balance. So the age-old question of how do I be in the world but not of the world? The key is that we don't allow our most central relationships to be with those who don't share our beliefs. You know, think of your one or two best friends. Your ride or die, your best friends, people that will do anything for you. Think about those people. Do they love Jesus? That's kind of what this is saying. We don't want those one or two people to be the ones pouring into us the most. Those that don't, <clears throat> those that don't believe same way that we believe. 
We want our closest people, the ones that are the biggest influencers, to be the ones who, who will speak life into us and encourage us. That doesn't mean you just completely forget about those other people, but we want to make sure our central ones are those with those people who love Jesus, who are seeking to live for Him and are willing to love us enough to help us draw closer to Him at whatever cost. You need those people that say, hey, I see you doing this, you're being dumb. Let's, let's come back. One of my good friends from high school, we played sports together, we did all kinds of things together. Um, our senior year, he started being a little stupid, and uh, I mean, he would come to church Sunday morning and just reeking of alcohol. He still came, I don't know, whatever. Um, and I had to have a couple conversations with this guy, being like, this is... I know what you believe. I know who you are. This is not who you are. This is what, not what Christ wants you to do. And it wasn't exactly the most fun kind of conversations to have with a friend. But you need people who, when they see you doing stuff like this, can be like, hey, let's talk about this. Let's see what Scripture says and, and what you're doing is, is not who God wants you to be, not God-honoring. So you need those kind of people who, who are going to love you enough to kind of slap you around um, and tell you, hey, let's knock it off. Uh, one of the questions that tonight in the small group, I think I put it in there, um, kind of talks about that. So what do we do now that you, have your, that you know that your crowd affects who you are? Number one is to identify your crowd. Is your crowd hurting you or are they helping you? Are your friends those who are going to pull you closer to Christ or push you away from Christ? Number two, identify Christ-like characters in other people. Who could you see helping your walk? Who do you see, that your friends, that can help push you closer to Christ? Number three is to enter an accountability relationship. Have a friend that you can say, hey, you know what? Um, I'm struggling with this. Will you pray with me? Will you keep me accountable? Will you ask me how I'm doing and check in on me? Not as a, from a place of judgment, but as a, as a place of love and care that you don't want to see them continue down this, right? We need, you need somebody like that. And you have to commit to be honest and vulnerable with other people. When those happen, you need to make sure you tell people, hey, this is, uh, this is, what's, this is what I'm going through. And it can be some serious, deep stuff. You commit to be honest and vulnerable. And the last one, commit to become a spiritual leader uh, with, with, uh, with somebody else. Because you can have somebody that can, can be a leader to you, someone a little bit older, Right? And then we have kids in our church who are younger than you, right? That's what kids are. They're younger than you. And you have a chance to be a spiritual leader for them. Uh, Jennifer talked about a while ago about helping out with Good News Club. That's a perfect opportunity for you guys to go and to serve and to be a spiritual leader for somebody else. Right? Paul, in the Bible, had, had Timothy. He, he poured into Timothy. So hopefully you have someone in your life that is pouring into you. Um, and then you have a chance to pour into somebody else. That's, that's kind of what this, that's, that's, you know, I would love to see you just take that step of being a leader. Um, I, I think everybody in our ministry could be a leader. I, I mean, that's, that's all there is. I, you know, some people say only a certain few or these, with these kind of characteristics have the ability for leadership. I believe every student has the potential to be a leader. I, I really do. So you have a chance to, to lead somebody. Um, Good News Club is a fantastic opportunity to do that in a couple weeks um, Sunday morning you guys can volunteer and help out with little disciples once a quarter or whatever lead somebody there's ways that you guys can find ways to serve 
But support that you have friends, people that, that, that love you enough to show you, hey, this is where you're messing up. Let's, let's work on this together. And make sure you guys are choosing your friends wisely, that you have these friends who are going to encourage you to, to pull you up rather than pull you down. God, just um, as we get ready to break and, and discuss this a little bit deeper and see the, the impact that friendships have on us, and may we just be challenged. Um, just look at our friends and see uh, what kind of friends they are, what kind of friends we are, and how you called us to, um, to look different than this world looks, and to act differently, and to think differently, and to speak differently, just to live differently, God. And may that be true of our lives. May be true of our friends, and may we just be um, a witness to those around us who don't know you, God. May they just uh, take this time to answer questions and ask questions, God, and just to dig in a little bit deeper. And I pray. Amen. All right, we'll do uh, a couple...